uh, our wolf might be chopping at the bit down That's the right. hall. And the other thing, I want to pay tribute to <laughs> our wolf for his show last week uh, in honor of the passage of Proposition 2. Oh, and my And those God, were some so really cool. creative uh, choices he made. And also, yes. I must say that I was stunned to hear him refer to Jennifer Gratz as a racist bitch. But I can't say that, you know, I mean, our wolf certainly has the right to freedom of speech. And if he wants to call a certain individual a racist bitch, that's okay with me. And as we head out, actually, I would make to one, like to make one additional comment. that If you're going to say that smoking pot is a gateway drug, then I would counter with the probability that wearing shirts is a gateway drug. Because people who are now crackheads and dangerous drug addicts at one time probably wore shirts. So it's likewise with smoking pot. I think we should outlaw shirts. That's an insightful observation. (laughs) Thank you, Charmy. Well, Renegade Solutions is a white buffalo woman production. Thank you, Ollie, for that beautiful and insightful and and heartwarming um, tribute to Vine Deloria Jr. Thank you so much. And so our buddy, our wolf, is coming up. Thanks for letting us go over a little bit, our wolf. Try to remember we're all related. Say it, Ollie. Takriyasin. Good evening. It's just past 6.30. It's experimental radio from the University of Michigan, run by students and infiltrated by the community. WCBN-FM. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement. How are you this evening? You're hearing uh, one of our national anthems. We believe that you should have a different national anthem every three minutes. And certainly the, uh, the music from Marlboro Country... Like it or not, in some perverted way, is in fact our national anthem. What am I doing on at 6.30? Well, Mike Perini asked me to cover his show, which is Pandora's Lunchbox. Runs from 6.30 to 7 every Thursday night. This is a show about food. It's also a show about the human condition. My show is Face the Music from 7 to 8. It, too, is about the human condition. And really, all of our shows are about the human condition. And... Maybe all of our shows are about food, too. We've put together a, uh, a survey of human noise and music. Some of the themes running through here, in addition to food, are ethnicity. We're still smarting from the passage of Proposal 2. So let's just take a dive now. Nose first. Remember that this is your culture. You're soaking in it. Hi, honey. What's for supper? Guess. Ah, come on. No guess. For Christ's sake, tell me. It's on the stove. Look. You got covers on. Come on. Or having mashed potatoes the way you like them, lumpy, and a nice piece of chuck steak the way you like it, with onions and ketchup. Heinz, 
Yes, I'll never do that again by the supermarket kind. You're right about ketchup. That's my girl. And a nice piece of Jane Parker chocolate fudge cake. You know, I tell the guys what a good cook you are. You know why sandwiches are better than this? I was Samantha Cartwright today. Oh, well, she wasn't on so very much, but a lot happened to her. She's in the hospital having her kidneys removed. And while she's in the hospital, her daughter, Kim, is being seduced by a lawyer. And her son, Biff, is getting a little crushed in an elevator accident. And it looks like her husband, Derek, her husband is interested in her best friend, Phoebe. While she's having her, while she's having her kidneys taken out, you see the knife going in. Derek gives Phoebe such a look. <sighs> a woman. She has such courage. <coughs> That's my favorite program, Searching Light. How was Mabel Archer? Oh, well, looks like things are looking up for her. Looks like she's going to have a father for her baby. Yeah, and the guy who knocked her up, he's going to marry her? No. The guy she's in love with? No. The gentleman she met at the drugstore. It looks like something's happening between them. What happened down the block? Oh, um... Well... They moved in. They don't look so bad for color, Joe. Joe, what are you going to do? Where's Phil? He's out riding. He picked up the Harley Davidson today. He got it, huh? Shit. The van came about 11. They got nice furniture for colored. They have a real nice Castro. And a fancy bedroom suite. And kids are cute. And they're clean, too. I think they're a real, a real high-class color, Joe. They're different from anything we got around here. This number will be Mama Little Baby Love, Sean Bread. <laughs>
heard Sonny Terry with his uh, jaw harp with shortened bread and a little passage from the uh, film soundtrack from the uh, from the movie Joe uh, Joe at home Joe responding to integration and all kinds of other subversive ideas we've got Red Garland back in back right now we thought that it'd be nice to give you some recipes from Pearl Bailey we thought Pearl Bailey would enjoy if she were here right now, and I think she is because I've got her book in my hands, her spirit is here, she would definitely enjoy this version of, uh, of Satin Doll from Red Garland. The book in question is Pearl's Kitchen, an extraordinary cookbook by Pearl Bailey. This is very meat-oriented. I've been a vegetarian for about, um, oh, 35 years, but I'm not squeamish either. She's even got a recipe in here for hog brains, but I'm not going to read that to you. Um, We'll just go through the major food groups, uh, rice, beans, and greens, okay? According to Pearl Bailey. She says that um, when she was growing up, there was a, a young man living with her family for a while. He was from South Carolina. His name was Henry. He had his own room, and he also had the privilege of using the kitchen once in a while. It turned out that Henry was a very, very good cook, and I learned a few things from him, says Pearl Bailey. Um, Like, for example, how to cook rice properly. Henry could do it. I still can't do it as well as he could, but I can pass along some of his technique to you. First of all, you have to wash the rice very, very thoroughly. Rinse it two or three times and keep pouring off that whitish fluid. I put the rice in the pot so that the water is about two inches over the rice and let it boil for five to seven minutes. By this time, the water is getting low enough to almost touch the top of the rice. Then turn off the fire and put a top or a plate or a piece of aluminum foil over the pan and just let it steam there. Some people get pretty fancy and use a double boiler for this. I did that at first, but I found it is not necessary. It works perfectly well the way Henry did it. That rice will be as beautiful as it is in the best Japanese or Chinese restaurants. One thing you may not realize is that rice really is good for you. I know when I was in the hospital most recently with a heart problem, they gave me quite a bit of rice. I am no dietitian, but I know that it is possible to live almost on rice alone. It is nearly sufficient. So put more rice in your diet. It is nutritious and filling, and it is reasonable for your pocketbook and for your heart. So we got the rice. Now here's Pearl Bailey's advice on beans. Uh, Beans, lima beans, navy beans, black-eyed peas. All of them are cooked the same way, says Pearl Bailey. The same recipe covers a multitude of beans. Sometimes when I have cooked a big pot of beans, I will serve them day after day. Beans keep well in the refrigerator, but you should make sure when you rewarm them that you use a very low fire. Nothing can burn as fast as beans. If you turn your head for a second, they will stick to the bottom of the pot, and that's it. Some people soak their beans overnight in cold water, saying it makes them tender and cook quicker. I don't bother. I just wash them in cold water, clean them very well, and as I pour them out of the bag, I always look for those little pieces of black grit. I fill the pot about three-quarters full of water, and then she adds bacon, ham, bacon grease, or fat back. (laughs) Now me, I'd just get some, uh, oh, I don't know, some canola oil in there. You know why it's called canola oil, by the way? Well... 
It's actually, uh, it's made from rape seed, R-A-P-E, rape seed. And that, that's just, the, you know, the word rape has some pretty horrible connotations uh, since this is a rape culture, you know, um, in many ways. So the, uh, the people who grow a great deal of rape seed up in Canada decided to call it, you know, essentially Canadian oil. So it's canola is, is actually the official name for rapeseed oil grown in Canada. So you can put some canola oil in there. Then start the flame on high and turn it down after the pot comes to a boil. Add beans. Cover. Cook slowly until they're done, about one and a half hours. And when the water begins to ride low in the pan and looks milky white, I know that the beans are just beautiful. Then, of course, I season with salt and pepper. I love to cook ham and ever save the juice she says and she's talking about ham juice Uh, i'm not going to get into that Uh, here's another little trick that you ought to know about beans if you keep dried beans for a long time before cooking them they can get fairly tough my mama used to toss in a pinch of baking soda for a pot of beans it acts as a tenderizer baking soda will also tenderize meat or any vegetable if the leaves are tough I quite often have beans for a good while before I get around to cooking them all because I buy them up in advance. When I have two or three good jobs in a row, I go to the store and stock up on things like beans. I also get doubles and triples of things like soap, and I'll buy 12 or 15 rolls of toilet paper and paper towels and put them away. I guess I have Mama's expression ringing in my ears telling me that you never know when you're not going to be working. If you really want to have beans the way I learned to eat them when I was growing up, you got to have ham hocks or neck bones to throw in there with the beans. Um, neck bones in particular lend a special flavor to a pot of beans that can't be duplicated in any other way. But I'm willing to try because, like I said, I'm a vegetarian. A very uh, different style from what Pearl is talking about. But everybody's different, and there should be enough good food to go around for everybody. That's what I believe. Now then, uh, we got our beans and rice. How about the greens? Turnip greens, mustard greens, dandelions. The same basic treatment for them all, says Pearl Bailey. Wash the greens, and I mean really wash them thoroughly, because there's nothing worse than gritty greens. I go leaf by leaf. Go ahead and wash them in detergent. Oh, dear. (laughs) Uh, But get them clean. I would not wash them in detergent, but Pearl is, you know, she's serious about it. Um, She says, I want every single tiny piece of grit off of there before I start the cooking. The suds, uh, the suds wash helps get all the sprays and everything off the vegetables. Now, that's a good point. If they've been sprayed, if you don't have organic produce, you know, maybe she's got a point here as long as you get that soap back off of there. But I'm sure some people are, uh, are going to contest this. Um, Pearly, Pearly May does say, by the way, what did farmers' wives do years ago? Weren't bugs in style then? Um... She says, frozen greens are a poor compromise. They simply don't taste as good, so forget about them. You may have to grow your own greens. Now, I'm not a farmer, and it's really funny to watch me try to plant a flower, but when we lived on the ranch in Apple Valley, California, I just scratched that hard desert dirt to plant my greens. That earth was good and dry at 110 degrees some days. Fortunately, you can plant turnip greens along a very shallow row. Mine were certainly shallow because the sun was beginning... Uh, was beaming down and my back was breaking. Finally, I pushed the dirt over the seeds with my foot gently and watered my magic plot every day faithfully. And ten days later, with the watering in the sun, I saw life. A tip of green sticking up out of there. They should have had that yell on TV advertising something else. 
Now, I do the same thing every year in my backyard in the San Fernando Valley. The point is that I want us to be able to have greens every day if we want them. Now, I don't know what the medical world will say about this, but I want to tell you that the juice from all greens is good to drink. That juice can tune your body up and regulate it in more ways than one. It is called pot liquor. Recently, I heard of someone who canned it and was making a fortune. That old drink is old as the hills. Anyway, after washing the greens, says Pearl Bailey, and rinsing them well, I put them in a pot that is about one um, one quarter full of water. It is important to remember that greens carry their own water, too, and a great deal of it. So you don't need to add too much to the pot. Adding too much water, you could make them soggy. And whatever you're going to be seasoning the greens with, she's, she's talking about meat, but anything else that you might be um, seasoning the greens with, you might as well put them in there right away with the greens. Season with salt and pepper. Uh, put the top on there after it comes to a medium boil, and then don't fool around. Keep checking back with it, tasting to see if everything's almost done. When they're almost finished, take the top off and leave it off until the water boils down considerably. Keep in mind that you're going to concentrate that pot liquor and keep it. You can pour off some of the juice and save it and then let the greens cook a little more. How good it used to be when Mama would turn around from the stove and hand each of us a cup of hot pot liquor. So there's Pearl Bailey telling you how to cook beans and rice and greens. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and the human condition. Actually, it's uh, we call it Pandora's Face when I cover for Mike Perini because Face the Music runs from 7 to 8. And so Pandora's Face and 90 minutes of uh, this kind of creativity and madness. There was a spinach scare for a while. Amazing how people respond to the media. Um... Nobody wanted to eat spinach, not, not even cooked spinach, because there was a little bit of a problem with some contaminated spinach on one end of this continent. We do have a song about spinach sung by uh, Sugar Child Robinson. This is like a 10-year-old African-American piano player from Detroit who made a series of very novel records. And then he, uh, I think he started when he was nine, and he bailed out of the music industry when he was 12. So this is called I'll Eat My Spinach. And then we're just really, oh, look, listen to that telephone. That's really nice. Hold on a minute. Hi, CBN. I'm talking on the the uh, radio. Can you hold on just a minute? Thanks. Anyway, um, here's a song about spinach. Then we'll have a completely ridiculous song about a banana. And then we'll get down to some other, to some pretty serious ethnic stereotyping and lots of incredibly reckless ideas for what you do over the radio. This is Experimental Radio, WCBN-FM. Eat your spinach. Me too. 
walking hand in hand, ever so pretty they looked too. The day that he was sailing for a foreign land, all stations debarking, said he, oh, tell me, darling, what shall I bring you back? She came a little closer, and then she said, oh, Jack, I want a banana, I want a banana. Bring me back a banana, say the boy. I want a banana, I want a banana. That's a thing I really should enjoy. You can tell the captain, you can tell the crew. I don't want a monkey or a cockatoo. I want a banana, I want a banana. Bring me back a banana, say the boy. You brought me back an orange. It gave me great delight. You brought me back a lemon. And you squeezed me tight. Woo! You brought me back a grapefruit. I paid you with a kiss. Now when you're in Jamaica, please remember this. I want a banana. I want a banana. Bring me back a banana, sailor boy. I want a banana. I want a banana. That's a thing I really should enjoy. You can tell the captain, you can tell the crew. I don't want a monkey or a cockatoo. I want a banana. I want a banana. Bring me back a banana, sailor boy. You brought me back a straw hat that came from Panama. A pair of coral earrings back from Zanzibar. My oriental trinkets are beautiful, no doubt. But when you're in Jamaica, oh, cut the knickknacks out. I want a banana. I want a banana. Bring me back a banana, sailor boy. I want a banana, banana, banana. I want a banana, banana, banana. That's the thing I really should enjoy. You can tell the captain, you can tell the crew. I don't want a monkey or a cockatoo. I want a banana. I want a banana. Bring me back a banana, sailor boy. Clap, 
Thank you. Okay, I just drop it in this slot. Here, now hold this up to your ear and listen. Here is the latest weather forecast. This morning is going to be plenty of sunshine. Then all of a sudden it's going to rain cats and dogs. So if you'll be smart, you'll wear your galoshes. Mr. Fenster. Wait till I tell him. Oh, Mr. Fenster, there's a fella here with a wonderful invention. It's the telephone. What telephone? Forget that. This very minute I got sitting in my office, Martin Sokoloff, a genius. He just invented a bagel slicer. <laughs> Ethnic humor from WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. It's just around 7 o'clock. And this is Face the Music, uh, actually Pandora's Face, Pandora's Lunchbox, mutating into Face the Music. WCBN-FM Ann Arbor is experimental student-run radio from the University of Michigan. And for the uh, past, well, actually last week and this week, we're including a lot of ethnic stereotyping stuff, some of it uh, more offensive than others, as a response to the passage of Proposal 2 which uh, I think a lot of us are very disappointed about. And I always have a way of saying this is your culture.